0: Good morning. Welcome to Finance Malta. I'm Vanessa McDonald on behalf of Finance Malta. And I've done so many of these Women's Day events, and it's always a thrill because you get to meet the movers and shakers of today's world. And today is no different. We're very pleased to have with us Paulianne Nwoko from Apex Fund Services, Managing Director. We also have Geraldine Spiteri Lucas, who is the head of the Malta Business Registry, and Ruth Adjus Shikluna, who is the head of advisory of. F.J. Vasallo. So before we start, perhaps I'd just put everything into some kind of context because what we've done today is we're trying to do a SWOT analysis of where women are. When I first started doing these events, things were extremely different. Let's just take a couple of figures. I know it's difficult to listen to numbers, but in 2006, there were only 30% of women who were available for work who are actually in employment. And I'm really happy to say that at the moment, that number has now gone up to 72.7%. So almost three quarters of the women who can work are doing so. But even perhaps even more significant is the fact that when you look at the over 25 cohort, we are at 83.1%, which makes us well well above the EU average, which was only 67.5%. Oh, sorry, 79.8 back in 2020. Um, But also for that cohort, we're one of the best in the EU. So clearly, things have changed enormously. But are there still things that we should be aspiring to? Hence, our idea of doing this as a SWOT analysis. So let's have a look. I thought we would break this down. Let's start with the s the strengths. And we have three different things that we can discuss about the strengths of women in the workforce. Not necessarily in finance, but obviously all of you come from a background which requires that particular focus. So more cultural awareness, the fact that both from the female side and the male side, uh, whether things have changed. Friendly measures, specifically friendly as opposed to just focusing on the women, but also on the male participation side, and also something which was extremely important because it was a policy decision which helped female participation, which was childcare provision. So, Paulian, perhaps you'd like to talk about what do you see as the strengths of women in, in finance or in employment? Certainly. I mean,
1: um, uh, it, is, it is very much proven that, that uh, women in leadership pos- positions Um, make companies more successful. And and this is not only um, around um, having uh, better diversity in thought, but better also um, uh, coverage of your your customer base, for example. Um, If you're a service provider and you're providing a service, you're providing a service to both male and female um, counterparts. And again, having uh, women in positions that um, are taking decisions, that are covering and are coming with ideas, uh, covering both uh, spectrum, both both male and female topology, I would say, um, helps us in in having more successful companies. Um, Women bring uh, different strengths to to a board, for example, um, and this is also uh, proven from from, uh, statistics. So these are all good attributes that we cannot ignore or do without. Uh, There's always more to gain and nothing to lose, I would say, for um, us to continue um, promoting and continue uh, strengthening the position of women uh, in more leadership positions.
0: Talking about women in leadership positions, Geraldine, you're far from being the only one, although obviously um, it's very important. That you are there, but we now have a, a female head of uh, the Chamber of Small Businesses. We have a, a, another woman, another woman, because she's not the first leading the mortar Chamber of Commerce. We have Roberta Metsola representing us at mm-hmm. of, you know, the top level of the European Parliament. So again, give us your own uh, view of this this idea that you know h- wh- what has changed since two thousand and six.
2: So um, having a woman. In a leadership position, makes a lot of sense in, in the sense uh, that uh, as women, we speak the same language, the same as men do speak the same language between themselves. So, as a woman, uh, w- women in general, we are all known to be multitaskers. So, this that is one of I think the uh, the best task that a woman can give is that she can multitask. And uh, yes, I have uh, other counterparts that are uh, women in this field that um, it's important that when we are dealing in, say, on businesses, uh, as you rightly so mentioned, uh, there are uh, other female leaders that are leading this subject. It, it's also important uh, diversity in the board meetings. It is really important that you have aspect When we say diversity in board meetings, it's not just only gender, it's age, etc. But today we're focusing more on gender. So the importance of having the views of both genders. Uh, As in relation to our entity, uh, we have a lot of family-friendly measures. Uh, As as MBR, we have also been recognized as having a quality mark uh, for our employees as well. And here we are talking about equality, not just women <laughs> in- incentives. Which is so one of the things speak. which has changed so dramatically. It's so, no longer seen as being only
0: the female remit to, exactly. to do this.
2: So, if, uh, for example, within our entity, we have childcare facilities. So, employees. Here in
0: Zaytun, which is amazing, yes. yes. Exactly.
2: So, uh, within our premises, uh, on the ground floor, we have the facilities that employees can bring uh, their children after school, they do the homework and then they go back with their parents. I
0: remember different places, even in Israel. I remember there was a, a firm which had tried to introduce childcare and it hadn't really worked. So yes. why is this one working? Is it just a case of it was, you know, the previous ones were perhaps before their time?
2: Yeah, this one is pe- working perfectly. It is used by both male and female employees. Uh, so that in itself says a lot as well. So we're not just catering for women but also for those male employees that are taking care of their children because their women are also um, working.
0: Of course, that's uh, the corollary so to all of these women working is now the balance between you know, what the, the male and the female have to do within the home and you know, taking children to after school, or even if they don't have children, just running their household exactly. has obviously had to change.
2: Uh, so in relation to child care facilities, it's being used 50-50 by male and female. So uh, the child care facilities uh, we, perhaps when, when we started this project uh, some four years ago, uh, perhaps the management at that time thought that it would be used more by women, but in, in, really, in reality it's proving the other, not the other way around, it's, it's a 50-50 kind of scenario. And then in summer we have the summer school as well, and uh, the amounts triple. So in, in summer we'll, we'll have around some 35-40 uh, kids coming to our premises, and they, they do a lot of activities while their parents are working. Um, and, and as well, this is proving to be <clears throat> really important because if you have an individual, uh, that, uh, that individual would like to work on a full-time basis, uh, perhaps in the past, the, the couple would reconsider whether they can work both on a full-time basis like this, uh, there's no need for one of them to be unreduced because you have the peace of mind that there's your child at the child care center they're doing the homework, uh, they can e- even eat here, so uh, we're, we're totally recovered from, from that end.
0: What a wonderful difference. <laughs> and uh, Ruth, what about you? How do yes. you see the um, strengths of females in the workforce?
3: Yes I think um, Going back a little bit, I think there has been the start of a culture change, in the sense that at some point there was the recognition that there is a lot of talent out there which is not being tapped into. And basically, probably that was the starting point why um, it was recognized that women need to be helped to kind of extract the talent and make sure that it is used properly. And the the support system started kicking in. as, as was mentioned before, um, the idea is not to just to focus on women, because it's not women on their own. At the end, um, there has to be a synergy. Men and women in reality complement each other, whether it's at home or at the workplace. Men can bring certain ideas, um, certain um, uh, positive things to the workplace. Women have other things to contribute and together. I believe make the, they make the workplace a better place, you know, and they can, can also provide a better service to clients. So I think if we focus on that, we need to focus, we then, by, consequentially, we, we have to focus more on providing family-friendly measures, not just women-oriented, it's the family at the end of the day, because both parents have the responsibility to take care of the family, and also the children need to see this. And that ties into the culture change as well, because um, as children grow up, they are seeing all these things. So we're catering for the future as well. If if children continue seeing that it's always the mother who has to handle certain things, in their mind it's going to be ingrained that it's the mother who's going to eventually. If, the, if there's a, a girl in the family, she's going to think that it's her role eventually. That that's what her role is going to be. Whereas if she's seeing and even the the, the, the boys, if see, if they're seeing that their their parents both have to contribute and both have, have have things to contribute both in the home and outside the home then they're going to grow up with that mentality and it's going to be easier for them to you know um, act that way in the future um, with respect to to child i think we also saw the remote working uh, facilities kicking in um, it is something that um, are, is very, very important, especially when like children cannot attend the childcare because they are unwell for some reason or another, that they cannot be with, with other children. You know, so the remote working is also a very important
0: tool um, for for parents to. And to of course, it's not just. As Geraldine was saying, when you've got the the summer school, when you know and you can plan ahead for it, but if you've got a child who's sick, it's exactly. usually you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and have to reorganise your entire your day. your entire day. Exactly. But it's not necessarily the woman who does that. It's possibly even the man who can now exactly. who should be able to really exactly. Um, in fact, all these measures should,
3: working. and I believe they are. I mean, when when they are introduced, are available also to to men because at the end of the day, um, both have the responsibility. And both have, you know, the, the 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 need to have these facilities at hand so that they can juggle all these things. At the end, if all these things are in place and people can actually continue working, whether it's a male or a female, I mean,
0: at the end, everybody's going to benefit, you know. It's not only working; it's also, I think, the opportunity to progress. So I think one of the things which I think is again more numbers. How awful, but if you look at the NSO, the National Statistics Office um, recent report, out of 33,000 managers overall, uh, people classified in as employed who are managers, 11,800. So, you know, almost 12,000 out of 33,000 are female. And professionals, out of 59 people classified as professionals, we had 30,500 who are female. So, what we're seeing is not only more females in the workforce, but also more females progressing to managerial level. And there's a a fabulous um, ESG portal being run by the government, and I managed to to get... They were super helpful and gave me a number of of metrics. And in the last year or so, there was a 7% increase in women in management, an 8.8% increase in the women in the workforce, which we knew this, but also a 4.7% increase in women in board positions. So I think that sometimes um, we don't realise how far we've come. Um, and it, it, as I say, all the, the boards I've taken part in and Women's Day messages, is always a case of, wow, look how many fantastic women there are out there who just very quietly just get on with it and reach the top, which I think is extremely important. So those are very much the strengths that we have covered. Let's now pick on some of those very, very same points that you've uh, made to talk about the weaknesses. And over here, what we identified as the weaknesses was the focus on women rather than parents. How many people have said, my husband, helped around the house like it's our job and he was doing us a favor, okay? Um, How many times is it taken for granted if a child wakes up sick that the woman has more flexibility with regards to staying at home than the male does? The other point that we'd like to discuss is parenting breaks. What impact does that have on career progression and of course again either male or female can decide to take breaks. So this is a, a, a weakness in the system which we have to beware of. And also self-doubt. We are our own worst enemies. Um, we don't push ourselves maybe for promotions, etc. So let's start with the downside of this, this female-male debate. So Pauliane, what's your impression um, of this? Is this still a thing or? Is it just me thinking about 10, 20 years ago?
1: No, no, it is still there. I think um, we still carry a lot of what we call unconscious bias. Um, And although many um, feel that they do not distinguish between sort of comparing um, uh, what males and women can give or can provide into leadership roles, there are these unconscious bias that are in, so ingrained in us that sometimes we don't even realize um, we subject sort of that um, males are sort of more decision takers or stronger in, in certain decisions, where we expect the female to be um, more kind and more more people aware or you know sort of the attributes that we're placing whilst for me those kind of attributes can also play as strengths. So going back to, to what was said, it very much starts from when we are young, how we're building that culture to start continue reducing, because obviously we, we, we are different from a few years ago, continue reducing from this unconscious bias. And when the managers and senior management are taking decisions um, on selecting who's going, who are they going to promote. Um, are they internally having the debate um, a woman with children will be sort of less committed to her job than a woman without children, for example, or sort of someone that um, they're getting married in the next year, mm, the next will be children, sort of, will she be committed to work? These are unconscious bias. Illegal, but it doesn't stop people from... That's it, from yes. thinking. And you'll you know, never no, find out, will you, if uh, you don't get um, that job the end, these or you are don't what, get that promotion. These are what um, decisions are, are based on, and at the end have a ripple effect on, on where we go. So I think that matter is still something that we have to continue uh, to work on and evolving, starting from a much earlier age. Geraldine, I mean,
0: how do you fight this? If you're if you're a corporate, because I mean, as Pauliane said, very often these are very they're not even conscious decisions; they're just subconscious ones.
2: Yes, and as you perfectly described it, although it might be illegal not to employ someone because of gender, because uh, they might, or age, might get pregnant, except, for example. I Can you
0: imagine? We used to be asked that: I, I, Do
2: you intend to get pregnant? Today, <laughs> it's it's, it's no, completely no. you cannot uh, ask it. However, having said this. Uh, I still believe, I'm not one of them, but I still believe that some take into consideration that the age of a, of a person and whether she, she's she can potentially come pregnant within the next uh, few months or years. Um, so yes, and, and there are issues of nature as well, talking from my side. Uh, m- my husband is very much involved in the upbringing of my five-year-old son. However, when my son is sick, the first person, who calls is mommy. And uh, uh, sometimes my husband is, when I have meetings, etc., and I cannot do otherwise, he he, he he just take the role and stay with the kid when he's sick. Mm-hmm. However, still, when I just open the door, <laughs> he'll come running on me, Mom, thank God you're finally back. <laughs> so, and I believe that. I don't, I don't know whether that that's culture or that's nature that. Uh, the children are more inclined, perhaps, uh, towards their mother. To cuddle, it's, yes. it's a boy. Uh, I, I don't know. So there are also d- these issues. Uh, and again, I think, okay, we w- were I'm 36 years old. So uh, I didn't. My, my mother was a housewife, so I didn't imagine uh, my father taking care of me. And uh, for example. I, my, my, my son is totally different in the sense that he knows that I, if I have to go a meeting uh, after work, after five, uh, he's going to stay with his father, etc. Um, so my situation when I was a child was totally different. Mm. And uh, that's per- perhaps sometimes I still think that I need to plan for my family. So if my, my son wakes up sick, I take it upon me to plan the day ahead, so uh, to, to call the doctor, etc. Uh, so I think the next generation uh, would be much more I uh, don't know uh, inclined okay. to having shared responsibilities more than I do, for example. Um, um, in relation to MBR and uh, the point that that you were mentioning, uh, we have fifty female employees and fifty male and sixty percent of them are in managerial position. and this is a much uh, higher amount than it was. Um, years ago. It, it can be that even the differently family-friendly measures that, that we are encouraging at our, our workplace as well. Yeah, and of course it's also recruitment. Ruth?
3: Yes, um, I think in, in when making these assessments sometimes I think we, we miss a, a focal point because in reality when assessing someone whether it's for a promotion or for taking the job or whatever it is, we need to look at productivity. Unfortunately, I think we still have a bit of the mentality that you know it's how many hours you put in, or whether it's you're constantly at your desk from 8 till 5 and all these things, which in reality do not measure productivity. You can have someone who is, I always say this, 24 hours, at his desk, and he wouldn't produce <laughs> anything worth it, you know. And then you have someone who works for an hour, just to give an extreme example, and you say, wow, you know, this is what the person has produced. So I think the, the, the ways in which we, we assess people and, and their, their talent and their, uh, what they can, uh, they can bring to, to, to the workplace should, should, should change. Um, this even this fixed schedule of working eight to five or whatever it is I mean you can have someone who has um, I speak for myself when I was on maternity leave there were still things that needed me I felt responsible that I should still be involved in even though I was on maternity leave and it the, the maternity leave was being respected but I felt myself I felt responsible to take them on if I had to do something when when the baby is asleep whether it's at night, whether it's at six o'clock in the morning, whether whatever time it is, it needs to be done. I will find the time to do it. Where there is a will, there is a way. talking about, you know, you know, having
0: to stop whatever we're doing for Teams calls, even when we're on leave, even, exactly. you know, if you're uh, commuting somewhere. I mean, I've, I know someone who was working from a laptop, uh, waiting to check into his flight. So it's you know, exactly, and that is also it's male the male world female. we're living in. Why are we
3: highlighting that it's because um, the woman's on maternity leave or, mm. or has a baby or she's getting married or whatever it is? I mean, there are so many other things that even men have their own things that, you know, other than work, that, and they juggle, and, you know, there are these things where they adapt and do things. But then you assess the productivity. What do you assess? That he wasn't there at eight o'clock in the morning or that when he was on holiday, Um, he made the time to take the necessary call, have the necessary meeting, whatever it is, you know? that should be the benchmark of assessing teacher. In fact,
0: that was one of the points that we wanted to discuss in this context, which is the the parenting break, because, obviously, if you are deciding to become a parent, whether you're male or female, Mm -hmm. quite apart from the pregnancy, who looks after the child and and has a priority, perhaps, to stay at home, as now it's also something which has changed a lot culturally and it's become much more acceptable and so on. However, one of the drawbacks of taking a parenting break used to be, gosh, I'm going to be out of the workforce for a year or two or, you know, there's no reason why people don't stop for for years at a time. Is it then much more difficult to get back into the workforce and does it mean that you're losing out on the the career development, the, the promotion side of it?
3: I personally feel that the hardest bit of it is keeping up with the changes, especially in the, the, in the finance area. I mean, Regulatory, mean It's daily, the changes yes. are literally daily, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I would, would feel it very hard myself if I had to, let's say, stop for two years, for example, because the, the landscape, as we said, is so dynamic that it's very difficult to keep up, not because somebody's forcing you or telling you, you know, if you, if you stop for two years, your career development is going to stop, It's the reality more than anything. So I personally would promote more having the necessary measures in place, giving the flexibility maybe to even work reduced hours for periods of time or even working long periods of time only from home, for example, but at least keeping in touch, you know, not stopping completely because... The keeping in touch and at least keeping abreast with the changes, and know even if you don't know the detail, but knowing that they're happening and you're not completely out of it will make the transition back into it completely much easier.
0: Um, SWOT, but if I may, uh, use the threats first, why? Because we are we want to end up on opportunities, we want to end up on the, the high point and not on the, the negatives. We've had so many years where we've had to you know, fight, 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 and so on. And I think now today, at least I think this panel wants deliberately to choose the, the, the more positive sides to how far we've come and how much further we'd like to go. But there are threats. Um, one of them is whether there is a glass ceiling. So although we've got so many managers, how many women actually break through from managers to more executive level, chief officer level C-suite? Remote working is it equitable? We've mentioned this as well already in passing, but again, it it is definitely one of the threats that, you know, um, women, the the focus seems to be that if a woman is working from home, she's going to have young kids running around who are going to uh, distract her. Okay, we're not all um, at the age where we have very young children. Let me remind you of that. (laughs) And also one of the other things which um, Geraldine touched upon a little bit, which was hey, listen, let us be careful what we want, because with success comes sacrifices. So I think one of the wonderful things is that we have not been uh, driven from a young age to only equate success with being at the top of the ladder. So maybe we can discuss those three points. Pauline, back to you.
1: So, um, listen, at the end of the day, there is the effort required. Um, uh, Organisations need to make sure that if necessary where we need to reinvent the wheel, we need to reinvent the wheel to make sure that we are making um, the the remote working work for everyone or that we're making these um, uh, weaknesses or threats um, sort of survive. And we've saw that like during the pandemic, for example, um, we've seen organizations that before would have never imagined giving employees opportunity to work from home or remote working or a meeting via, um, via call, that now is part of their, of their uh, success. Um, so if we're presented um, with, with a challenge, organizations need to be up there um, to make sure that they are uh, reinventing the wheel um, uh, around, these, around these threats. There are a lot uh, th- there's a lot to gain, um, so, so it's important that that we remain remain focused on it. Um, another aspect is also understanding when we're talking about um, for example, um, we've mentioned uh, remote remote working, um, not every company, not every individual has the same has the same demands. So it's difficult to have one policy that needs to fit everyone the same. So once again, it is the initiative of the organizations to understand um, not only this is the policy of the company, you have to abide by it, but what will make my um, workforce be more productive, be more happy, because at the end, a happy workforce is a more productive workforce and adapt to, to their requirements it helped us also achieve a better work-life balance. And this is not only for people um, that have family and have kids, but but overall. um, uh, Sometimes even that 30 minutes less uh, commuting, going to the office in the day, not every day, but it's, it's nice having it once, twice a week helps you go do some morning some yes. jog or apparently, something that, that is more it is health and
0: beneficial. The thing that beneficial. That most people hate about, uh, about their lifestyle is the commute and having to get into the car to go to work. Exactly,
1: so. exactly. So, so these are all benefits that, that we've enjoyed and we want to continue see flourishing at the mm. end. But, but it requires commitment from organizations as well. We can't, we but can't so stop. But nice. not
0: the emphasis being put on the employer rather than on the employee, because what you are calling for is the next, I think the next cultural change. We've learned so much from COVID with regards to remote working, et cetera, et cetera. But what you're talking about is the fact that we really need flexibility from the side of the employers as well.
1: Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely.
0: Geraldine. Uh, you're at the top, so are you creating this? Uh, you have a say in this as well. Are you
2: creating a, a more flexible environment? Yes, at the MBR for sure. And after the pandemic, uh, we'll have a lot of flexibility. Um, and what I find also useful is that the fact that I'm a woman myself, uh, the women employees don't um, don't just call me and tell me, afraid and, and uh, their fear telling me uh, that they are going to work from home because they have a, a sick child or that their mother is she- sick because we are not talking about just women that are mothers but also have instances uh, whereby uh, we have individuals that are taking care of their parents or someone else within, within the family. Uh, so, And I think knowing that I have my own struggles at home <laughs> Uh, they can comfortably give me a call and tell me look today if you don't mind I'm going to work from home, I'm not going to start at 8 and I'm not going to just stop between 12 and half 12 uh, I'm going to make my own hours but I will deliver what I have to deliver and uh, I'm fine with that uh, so and, and we use a lot of this flexibility at, at the MBR. I always see what we want to, to, to achieve, what is the goal so I don't care whether you're doing the job between 9 to 5, if you're doing it during the night, it's it's okay as long as the deadline is reached. Uh, I really like the the metaphor you've used, the glass ceiling one. In itself, it shows progress and improvements because we are no longer talking about, and even the statistics you read uh, shows that, we are no longer dealing with sticky floors, that is, the woman is stuck to a clerical position or or AA there are some instances where an individual, not just a woman, uh, are comfortable in that position and they do the the job brilliantly and they don't intend to progress in life and that's okay. Um, However, now we are at least talking about glass ceiling that you've on top of the ladder but you cannot break uh, the glass. Uh, From my side, I've managed to break that. Uh, But it comes at a cost. So, if I take from my personal life, I don't have hobbies. (laughs) So my hobbies are just parked and my priority is work and family. Uh, And it depends even priority when uh, you have something in the family, the sickness, the family will come first. But when you have working on an important deadline at work, then work comes first. So although uh, I just cannot say my priority is always work or always family, you have to adapt in accordance with the situation. Um, so, so basically, um, for example, I work a lot during the night in order to try and find the three hours within which I can play a bit with my son, do the homework, etc. So when he goes to sleep, I start seeing the emails, etc. As long as that individual is fine with it, uh, so why not? Uh, you have to be innovative when you reach uh, certain levels, uh, for example, in the morning uh, we are all uh, really busy and everyone getting the, the lunch done, etc. So I chose that I take my son to school so that we'll have, uh, thank God we have traffic, okay. <laughs> so I have that one hour uh, driving from home to school and uh, we, we chat about things, we joke. Uh, so. Being in, in these positions had to be innovative and making use uh, th- of the time in the best way possible. But it comes at a cost, so yeah. you cannot just say that, <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now in a leadership position and I'm, I'm fine and that's it. So, yeah, <laughs> as
0: long as somebody comes to do the vacuuming for you, it, it's much uh. more complex <laughs> than exactly. that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Yes, um, and continuing from what Geraldine
3: was saying, it's, um, the, the risk in, in, in this situation is that you, you, you sometimes you feel that you're close to burnout, basically. Mm-hmm. So, And that is what we have to be mindful of, because if women um, reach a certain level and then basically, you know, it has to stop because that's as much as they can give, because at the end... They are still juggling two lives you know um so they are still have the responsibility the huge responsibility at work the huge responsibility of the family whether it's shared or not with with anyone else you know so it's there and it's on the mind you know i mean sometimes even if let's say somebody else is taking care of your sick child you're still thinking you know i hope he's okay you know i hope he's being given the medicine i hope this i hope that you know so it's still on the mind. It's difficult to, I mean, it's it's not natural not to, you know, to say I cut off completely and no, it's it's in someone else's hands. You're talking of of a person here, you know, not 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 of a thing or, or and people obviously come first, whatever it is. Um, so that's one of the risks. That that kind of I see the threat that I see um, with respect to women reaching a certain level. Um, this, the other thing I wanted to, to mention briefly is that when it comes to flexibility, it's extremely important, as we, as we all agree. Um, it is also very important that kind of from the employee side, there is a trust matter here. I mean, you can, you can be flexible if you know that you can trust the person. You can trust the person that if you agree with the person that, okay, it's fine, do the job whenever you can do it, as long as you do it, we're not going to say on your back saying you did it at 8, you did it at 10, whatever it is, but then the employer has obviously has to respect the trust, has to acknowledge that there is the trust being placed on on him or her and make sure then that the, 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 he delivers. So it has to work both ways because it's true, a lot is said that the, from the employer's side we have to give flexibility and it's extremely important, but then as we said it has to work both ways. Otherwise. Um,
0: But um, one of the things that we mentioned was the the self-doubt that maybe women don't think they Mm -hmm. can um, actually progress. And also the glass ceiling. Is there such a thing anymore? Does it exist, the glass ceiling? Or the women who are making it, is that proof that really...
1: I believe there is a bit of a, uh, a natural element to how women maybe are, are, are wired, that we are a bit more conscious um, before taking decisions. We need everything planned in front of us. Um, we don't go for, for uh, something unless we're very sure. Um, uh, While males naturally are, are maybe more adventurous in, in sort well, of going, be, for it, <laughs> going for it, going for it without maybe feeling even even ready. Um, even simple things like asking for a pay rise, it is very much proven in statistics again that, that females are a bit more reserved to, to go for a pay rise even if they feel they deserve it um, when, com- when compared to males. So maybe males. we're not
0: actually being held down, maybe we're just not pushing ourselves because we don't think we can make it but now the more role models there are exactly Um, and the more people get to management level the more chances there are that they will naturally then progress to to senior or executive obviously executive levels so
1: let's hope that's why initiatives like mentorships like like um, uh, this type of training are also very important Mm. that will help us to break that that ceiling hopefully
0: just very quickly before we go on to uh, the last section which will be opportunities um, perhaps one of the things that is worth mentioning is looking at it maybe from from my aspect we've talked a lot about keeping women in the workforce and we have to bear in mind that first of all not all women opt to become uh, not all parents uh, sorry couples decide to have children uh, but also that the, the time where the children actually need us is only, what, maybe 15 years of our lives, and after that, you no longer have the responsibility of caring for them in, in that sort of fundamental way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is out of a 40 to 45-year career. So, you know, really, we have to start thinking about if we want to keep women in the workforce. And that is one of the things that we will talk about. Uh, the tight labor market, for example, we want women who are experienced to stay there longer. But one of the threats that perhaps doesn't get taken into account often enough is the work-life balance at the end of our lives. So speaking as somebody who is now into, well into her 60s, the problem is that I am now no longer looking at work-life balance with regards to looking after my children, but it's now my children's children and trying to support my children um, when it comes to their caring for their, you know, their children, but also the fact that our parents are living so much longer. And obviously the amount of care they require when they're in their eighties is phenomenally more than it is uh, with a child who is sick for a day at school. You're talking about parents who are in hospital who you know require visiting and so on and so forth for weeks at a time. So it's actually much harder now, and maybe that is the, the topic we will have in women's days going forward, um, to think about the work-life balance to keep women there. Because if women drop out of the, the workforce by the time they're in their mid-50s, the chances of them getting into boards and c-suite is obviously going to be a lot less let's end on opportunities and we've mentioned a little bit about mentoring programs but i'd like to hear a lot more about what you do in your own uh, companies the fact that there's a very tight labor market is also means that women um, if there were a you know, hundred people applying for a job, then maybe women or women of a certain age or women who might become pregnant and so on would be a disadvantage. Now you're lucky to have any, um, anybody applying. So I think people are being taken very much, and also cultural awareness. I mean, there are a lot of uh, blind applications now in companies where you don't even know the gender or the nationality or, or background, cultural background of a person. And also, uh, diversity and what it brings to boards or management. We've seen that there's been an increase in the number of people on boards, although the average age is still 58, which is way too high, as you were saying. Diversity is something else. Um, and maybe one of the discrimination, uh, positive discrimination and quotas, are something that we could discuss under opportunities, because maybe that is something that will help. Uh, Improve our awareness of what women can achieve. So, Pauliane, I'm against quotas,
1: <laughs> um,
3: and
0: I'm not yeah, sure. I'm yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> yes. I believe Listen, we're all I'm actually affected. against quotas. Um, so. I think
1: we, we, we feel that we can we can provide much better much better. Um, uh, we can get women more into into board and and leadership positions by giving more opportunity, more awareness than with quotas. Um, uh, A simple, for example, where I work, my organization has initiated what we call Women Accelerator Program, which is part of our sort of EDI initiatives. Um, to to ensure overall we are more diverse. And what does this uh, program does? This program is selecting around 80 um, uh, women within our global organization. We're over 12,000 people globally, um, uh, every year um, sort of, and helping in through mentoring, training, um, uh, talks, and and also um, uh, helping each other out. Um, creating this sort of network of, of people. Um, I was part of it during the last year and it helps a lot. It helps you understand yourself better. It helps you understand sort of where you really want to go, where you really need to, what you really need to work on. Uh, and these are types of, of uh, initiatives and, and assistance um, that we need to see more in, in the workplace. Um, and it's organizations that need to help and moving away with quotas this is what we, we can do um, to naturally get um, more women within, within our um, C-suite level and within, within uh, boards.
2: Geraldine? Personally, I'm against quotas in the sense that uh, I'm involved in a lot of boards and uh, I'll be in meetings that I'm the only woman, unfortunately, and sometimes I feel alone literally, and sometimes I have to struggle to make my point, believe it or not. Uh, Some might think I'm exaggerating, but it's it's not the case. There are some instances that uh, I don't know whether because it's a woman or not, but that's how I feel. Sometimes men are speaking their own language, and for a woman to make her point, I need to struggle and be assertive. My character is that. So uh, I believe that if i 'm there with a quota this this is going to be worse. Much worse because they they would say mm, she 's just here to just satisfy the number so let 's ignore her um, she doesn 't know anything just w- we just need a woman on the board and sh- she 's the one chosen so so that 's why i 'm against i 'm um, against quotas at the MBR we do not have as such any programs that are targeted to women uh, and even me, myself being a woman uh, I I always try to lead in the sense that it's for everyone. Measures are for everyone, and it's not because I'm a woman, I'm entitled to that, but because uh, I have uh, certain responsibilities, issues that I need to tackle. Um, It's more of a culture, uh, more than anything. And Ruth? yes. Um, I think
3: what we need to focus on is recognition of talent as I, I started with this and I will finish off with this because in reality if we focus on recognizing talent you don't you need the quotas, you don't need um, specific programs because at the end the talent is in the person whether the person is male, female, whatever it is you know. So, And as a firm I think um, our CEO is Adriana Kamala solo is a, a woman as well and she's always promoting this. It has always been like that from day one. Um, that talent is recognized and rewarded. So whether it happens to be a woman that is the person who brought the talent and has to be recognized, it's a woman it's a the same story. You know, so let's focus on that. And we, we um, try to extract the best talent possible from, from the people that, that we are investing in. We have a university full of students. Let's make sure that we don't end up with a brain drain because they go somewhere else because their talent
0: is not recognized. Wow, what a fantastic panel it has been. I think there are some very important key messages which have come out of today's discussion. One is, wow, we've really come such a long way. Two, that this has been possible because of changes in cultural awareness. However, there are things that we need to do going forward. Um, And I think I can summarize by saying that we need a lot more flexibility with regards to terms and conditions of our employment with a much heavier emphasis on flexibility, on actual talent, and very importantly also on productivity. Of course, a number of physical external factors which have helped, like the creation of of childcare centers, etc. So all I can do, and mentoring programs. So all I can say is thank you very much. I can't wait um, to do another one of these one day and be able to look back and see even more progress for women and for men across across Malta. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank Thank you very much to Finance Malta.